It's the Miller Time Radio Network. Joining us on the Miller Time Hotline, Lasady. Yes. Is uh, Warren, uh, aka Wazi, and uh, Stuart uh, Dendo, his financial guru. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Hello, Lasady. How are you, darling lady? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Look at him making uh, a rhyme. Yeah, all, all the better to hear your joyful voice, my dear. Oh, glad oh, to hear you grief. too. Dustin, are you feeling left out? <laughs> good Lord, man. Can you stop it now? I think anyway. Dustin is feeling a little left out. Please just pay him a compliment <laughs> so that we can continue with peace. Uh, Dustin, Dustin, you've got a great face for radio. Bro. Thank you. for Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good. Good. And, and good morning to my investment specialist, Mr. Stuart Dando. Stuart, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Good good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's well, a it's a pleasure. Well, I, um, I thought, Stuart, that this time we'd have you on the line because, you know, um, you, you know, sometimes they ask questions that um, are really above my pay grade. <laughs> and, um, <it's> always <laughs> See, you and you it's have us believing you on board. You, you, Wazi, you have us believing you're this big financial genius, right? And you, you're just telling us that Stuart is the brains behind your operation. Is that what you're trying to say? I tell you what, and something along those lines, you know, I have a great team of support workers yeah. um, mm. that back me up. And there's, 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 and I think that's what's important. We always need to. It's the same as having a financial advisor, I suppose, Dust, because yeah. you know you you've got uh, you are in broadcasting. Um, a doctor is a, a specialist in medicine. What you know? What do we? Where did we learn about finance? Probably from our parents. Could be. So you know, I'm very very blessed to to mm. to have Stuart, who is really. I mean, he's a guru, and and he and he does have a witty sense of humor. So <laughs> yeah, we um, remember your you know, Monday morning it's, chats. It's, we missed that. That's why we're trying to bring it back here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're Bringing sexy back. So basically, <laughs> so, so so what Stuart yeah. and I wanted to chat about today? Obviously, mm-hmm. everyone's talking about COVID nineteen and and what's going down. Yeah. And one of the first questions I want to lead in, and I want Stuart to take for us, is Stuart. Um, we we had a look and we chatted a little about uh, about it in the past. Is the impact that lockdown has had mm-hmm. on the JSE and versus versus the world? Uh, can you give us a a, a brief synopsis of 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 what's gone down, Stuart? Wow, a brief synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, start, um, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with an easy one, Stuart. <laughs> sure, sure, that's that's great. I, I've been called a guru and sexy in the last thirty seconds. It's, um, it's a great way to start the morning. Look, I think it's been a look. It's it's. it's I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna say what what a lot of people you know are saying. It's obviously been a very trying time. Um, I think the impact yeah. of the disease has has just shown has shown the world how sort of both interconnected and how fragile we all are mm. um, as we as we as we're almost hitting sort of three million cases. And I think the impact on economies um, is is being felt and is yet to be felt. Um, I think oh, as yes. we start to because obviously, I mean, South Africa went in sort of really, really hard in terms of our lockdown, um, one of the hardest in the world. Mm-hmm. And we have since been lauded by the, the WHO for having done that. I mean, we went into hard lockdown before we had our first death. Um, and I think we're only starting to reap those the rewards of that or the dividends of that now um, to show if you look yeah. at our infection rates, you look at our death rates. And I think in as much as we were still nowhere near the peak, 
Um, I think that peak when it comes will be a lot lower than was initially anticipated and a lot more manageable because we've had the time to prepare our health system uh, and so on and so forth. So in terms of the impact on the economy, it depends on who you read. I mean, if you if you look at the IMF, they've said we're probably looking at a contraction somewhere between six and eight percent, mm-hmm. which is heavy. I mean, that is that is that is enormous. I mean, people think, you know, well, six, eight percent. How big is that? On, on any economy that's big, but on an economy that entered this um, into this this crisis as as fragile as we were, it's it's yeah. you, you'd be forgiven for saying it's devastating. Just before this, um, be- and it is. I mean, to yeah. a lot of yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, to sorry. a lot of small business, yeah. No, I, sorry about that. I, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to ask you just before this lockdown began. <laughs> Uh, we were yeah. Moody's downgraded the the rent to junk status. Where do you see the the rent going from here, and how does that oh. affect us? Um, so yeah, so so we got. I mean, Moody's decided to to, to kick us in the teeth while we were down. Yeah. But we can't really blame we can't really blame them for that. If you look at if you look at their metrics and you look at how their modeling works, mm. um, we were clinging to investment grade status about eighteen months ago, and mm. we've, they, yeah, they've sort of just the kept us there. And they've just sort of and they've just sort of kept us there. They, they've got a bit more of a generic, uh, um, a generous metric than the other two ratings agencies, mm. who are very much focused on growth, mm. particularly Standard and Poor's, uh, Moody's took a bit more of a qualitative approach um, and it, it, it came in line with, with Cyril coming in and, and what sort of reforms he would, would be able to enact. And I think the pace of those reforms was, was quite frustrating both for us and for ratings agencies. And ultimately with our latest growth numbers, uh, Moody's really had no choice. I mean, for, for, for their own, uh, for their own legitimacy, I think they, um, you know, they, they had to downgrade us. And I think a lot of people think it's the end of the world and it really isn't. Oh, no. It's, that segues perfectly into the next sort of little mini topic, um, Stuart, in that there's a graph that you got. So so good luck in explaining it. Um, again, no pressure. Um, we've had previous um, recoveries before. And uh, you know that lovely graph of yours where you go as far back as the Great Depression and how long it took economies to to rectify, you know, that, that correction yeah. in the market. Um, don't you want to just take us through that quickly? Because I found that extremely interesting. Um, yeah. So, so just moving on to not not necessarily a recovery from sort of junk into investment grade, but just a, a more broad discussion yeah. of recoveries in general. So, if you have a look, if you go back to to the Great Depression and you have a look at what they call bull and bear markets, um, so a bull market very much a growing market, a bear market a shrinking market. I'm not going to go into the technicalities. So the average, if you look back yes. on the JSE, uh, sorry, not on the JSE, on the, the S&P, so if you look at the states, the mm-hmm. average bear market lasted around 15 months. That was the average. The average bull market lasted around 48 okay. months. Mm-hmm. The bull market that we've just come out of lasted 11 years. Um, so it was by far the wow. longest bull run in history and close to three times, close to three times the average. So the market at the beginning of this year um, and I've written about this. The market was almost looking for an excuse to correct. You can't go up forever. So when the coronavirus came along uh, in the initial stages, before we understood, you know, sort of how um, how bad it was and that, it, you know, that it would eventually become a, a global pandemic, the market took that um, and then reacted to it. And it was a sharp sell off. I mean, you saw the S&P and the JSC followed markets down around 35 percent um, from the beginning of the year yeah. to around mid-March. And then sort of yeah. very strangely, markets just began to recover as, as the death toll started to rise. 
uh, markets just began to recover. So the JSC followed global markets down to around about the 18th, 19th of March, down around 30 odd percent, and then suddenly it was back up 25 percent. Um, so it's very strange. People often think that you know, sort of markets are, are very much reflective of the economies they operate in, um, mm. but that that mm. isn't necessarily true. When you look at the JSE specifically, there are certain businesses. If, there are certain businesses that are listed on our JSE um, on, our, yes. on our stock exchange that don't declare any of their earnings in rand. Um, so mm-hmm. interestingly, when the rand when the rand depreciates. Suddenly our, suddenly our JSC, which declares around 60% of its earnings in currencies other than the RAND, has a good day. And yeah. I think a lot of people that don't yeah. work with this stuff every day sort of find that to be insane. How so can, even, how can, how even can, though the RAND is down, yeah. our stock market goes up. Correct. Yes. And that's, that's purely exactly. because of the currency you're reporting in. So suddenly wow. on Friday, you were getting 18 Rand 20 to your, you know, to your dollar. Suddenly you're getting 19 Rand 20, uh, 19 and 30 to your dollar. Yeah. Um, so that is the, look, ultimately, ultimately a Rand appreciating is bad for SA broadly speaking. Mm. Um, and the Rand does remain, the Rand does remain a, a genuine worry. Stuart Dondo there with your silver lining here on Miller Time at 25 minutes past 10 o'clock. We're, of course, chatting with Stuart and Wazzy about all things financials, right, Waz? Indeed, sir. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this, and it's, it's so, it's vitally important, you know, that you've got a financial advisor in times like this because our, our gut wrench sort of um, reaction would be to flee. You know, from the markets, mm-hmm. let's get out of the markets. Let's get into cash. Um, as Stuart, I've actually had um, a bit of a boost in terms of people that have had money investing right now. Um, wh- what is your sort of your your sort of where's the safe money at the moment? Um, I I think that our stocks are of great value. Where what do you think? Where's the safe money right now? I mean, is it still good for people to get involved in equities? <laughs> um, well, that, that would depend very much on context. I think if you're a long-term investor, long-term, um, equities, equities, are, equities are definitely the place. Yeah, no, equities are definitely the place to be. If you're looking, if you're looking at uh, sort of consistently beating inflation over the long period, you've got to be invested in growth assets, and that would obviously be your sort of your equities. Um, what is interesting is I think mm-hmm. a lot of um, a lot of people are remembering what it was like to go through the global financial crisis in 2008, 2009, and trying to what they call yeah. pick the bottom to say, mm-hmm. when is it a good time to get, you know, to get back into the market? And if I could tell you that, I would be doing this call from my yacht in the Bahamas. I don't know when the right time is. <laughs> but, um, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a little bit of an anecdote, which, which a, lot of my, a lot of the financial advisors who I, uh, who I give support to use. And they say, just imagine for a moment that you shop at, let's say, Pick and Pay or Woolworths or Pushini, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And they suddenly come out. You get an SMS to say that everything is on sale 35%. Now, oh. you immediately would rush out to whatever retailer you go to and you would go and take, take advantage of those savings. Mm. But conversely, when the market is down 30%, all people want to do is rush out and, and, and crystallize those losses and go into cash. It makes no sense, but what it does speak to is how much emotion runs our, runs our investment decisions. And I always say to people, if your emotions are running your investments and you find investments, uh, you know, and investing exciting, you're doing it wrong. Investing is not exciting. Investing for the long term is boring. It's Wait, say that again, Stuart, because I think people need to hear what you just said. <laughs> I said, 
I said, if you find investing exciting, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, it is not exciting. It is boring. Yeah, yeah. It's about making the right decisions and sticking to them. That's Fortunately, a... when, I, when I speak to clients, um, sorry, just to end that point. Yeah. When I speak to clients, I speak to a lot of new clients every day. So the information you know, continues to be fresh to me. But for a particular mm. client, once you've made a good decision in tandem with the advice from a qualified financial planner, you need to stick to it particularly in times like these. You need to stick to your plan. If you chop and change, you're going to crystallize losses. You're going to become absolutely disorientated and it becomes very dangerous. Basically. Sorry, that was just an absolutely brilliant point you made. And I just wanted to really focus on that because it's if, 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 if investing is exciting to you, you're doing it wrong. I love that. It, yeah, it, 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 it is. Look, people, people, <laughs> conflate, people conflate them. So people think about, um, here's, here's a good example. You would have seen... Um, over the last week or so, you would have seen the drama with the oil price yeah. and people trying to pick the bottom and trying to <laughs> speculate and trying to do this. That is trading and speculating. That is not investing. Um, those two are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So investing for your retirement yeah. is not the same as speculating on the oil price. I've had quite a few people in the last couple of days just ask me, is, is now a good time to buy oil? Would I be buying the futures contract? Yeah. Would I be doing this? Would I be doing that? That is a very different discussion to have. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. And I think it's important to make got to be careful in too. Um, I mean, you've even got to be careful on that because um, because it's speculation. SARS might even see that as 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 uh, you know your your gains as taxable. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a fine line to walk, isn't it, Stuart? It is yeah. very much. It is um, very much. Stuart, I, I touched on briefly. Yeah, I, I touched briefly last time, Dustin Nelisedi, and I mm-hmm. had a chat on um, one of my favorite subjects at the moment, and that is how undervalued the Rand is at the moment, you know, and the correlation between the Rand and um, our, um, our RSA bonds. What, what, what can, you, can you enlighten us with regards to that? Um, yes, yeah, so that's an interesting, it's an interesting discussion to have, and unfortunately it is going to bring in, it is going to bring in um, a little bit of some technical stuff, uh, but let, let's try and let's try and keep it simple. So if you look at the oh, value talk, of the RAND. Dirty to us. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if you look at the, there are loads, loads of things that go into the, go into valuing the RAND. Um, but one of the more popular measures is something called the, the purchasing power parity, which is the triple P analysis. And what that is, it basically looks yeah. at a basket of goods and says, right, this basket of goods can be purchased in a number of different countries. The rate at which a dollar can purchase this basket of goods versus what a rand can purchase this, you then divide by the two, and that should give you your fair exchange rate. Anything above that, the the, the currency is seen to be oversold or weak. Um, and if it's below that, it tends to be is, is seen as sort of overbought or, or, or strong. And that's a very simple way of looking at it. If you have a look at a PPP currently, depending on how far you go back, because if you go back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you need a starting point. Obviously, you need both to start at zero and then sort of move outwards. Sure. And fair value on the rand yeah. currently is probably somewhere between fourteen fifty and fifteen twenty is probably fair value on the rand. Um, and the other yeah. thing you need to look at is something called the inflation differential, um, which is very. Let me mm. put that into very simple terms. If you have a dollar on January first, you have a dollar note um, on mm. January first, and you have a rand note. Let's assume that you still had one rand notes, and you were to hold yeah. them for the entire year, if to, if, if the inflation in the States is 2% and inflation in, the, in South Africa is 4%, by the end of the year, the rand is going to be worth less than the dollar. If you hold that for a further year, it's going to go further out and further out and further out and further out. Um, and that's, a base, that's how some of that modeling works. 
Um, but yes, by most, yeah. by almost any metric at the moment, the rand is the rand is oversold. How does that? How does that yeah. then lead into a discussion around our bonds? Well, that's interesting. Because a bond, when you look at bonds, when you speak about bonds, you very broadly d- discuss the 10-year treasury or the 10-year gilt or the 10-year, uh, the 10-year note, whatever you want to call it. And that basically means if you are to lend money to the government, what is your rate of return over the next sort of, let's say, you know, 10 years? Let's assume it's a 10-year bond. And right now, the yields on our 10-year, our 20-year, um, you know, th- those yields are somewhere in the region of inflation plus 6, inflation plus 7%. Um, now, if you'd have said to someone you could have gotten inflation plus five or six in an equity portfolio, you'd have jumped at that opportunity. Now you're seeing a similar Correct. opportunity in, in the bond market. And the reason that's happened is twofold. Firstly, Moody's downgrading us was the set was, was one of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the set, the, the more important one was this, this flood. Uh, or this capital outflow to safety. So whenever there are nerves in, in, in the market, we go into what they call a risk-off sort of environment or you know, it becomes a risk-off sentiment, and that just sucks money out of emerging markets, um, and especially South Africa and especially the RAND. So what happens is investors dump South African bonds, and those bonds become cheaper, so the relative yields within those bonds become higher. So then if you purchase those bonds at those new prices, you are then getting more value for money on a relative basis. I know that sounds a little bit technical, but that's why a lot of people are seeing, investors are seeing so much value in the bond market at the moment. Um, So if you can lock in some of those very juicy yields, you'll have done really well. Some of those yields have come back over the last sort of 12, 13 days, Mm -hmm. but there's still massive value there. Um, So just to get back to your your, where is the safe money going, uh, the safe money – the safe money goes under your pillow. But, um, <laughs> yes, if I, was, if, right. I was, if I was looking, if I was looking for, if I was looking for opportunities going forward, I would be, I would very much be looking at shifting a little bit of my exposure into the SA bond market, especially if I can lock in some of those those really nice yields. But I would not be ignoring the JSC. I think there are some massive opportunities on the JSC as well. Lovely, man. And um, Stuart, this is, I'm unashamedly, I plug myself all the time whenever Dustin gives me a, a moment to uh, blow him by my own trumpet. Oh, um, look, we got to go. Now, no, I'm kidding. One of the wonderful things... <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's been great. One of the wonderful things that we've got at the moment is, um, Dustin, yeah. can you imagine insuring yourself in, in dollars, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. for 12 rand 90 a dollar? So not 19 Rand, 12 Rand 90. So we've got a special on at the moment. So if guys want to go to my website, you know, www.warrenherald.coza, book an appointment with me. I'm fully, fully digital um, and and chat about that. It is an awesome opportunity. They'll lock you in for three years. I'll I'll get down to the nitty gritty a little bit later. But here's one that I had such a good giggle of um, when when I chatted to Stuart earlier on. Stuart, that 500 billion Rand. That, that is touted um, by, by everyone. I asked you the question, I said, who's going to pay that money back? Because nothing for Mahala, as they say. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking that question, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look, so so the five hundred billion, the five hundred billion number. It's actually it actually worked out to be a little bit more. That sum is going to be a, a redirection of of the budget. I mean, Tito spoke about that late last week. He spoke about some of those assets being redirected from the original budget, which does seem like a long time ago now. Mm. Um, so that so the effect mm. on the taxpayer. So I think people think the effect on the taxpayer is going to be five hundred billion when it isn't. A lot of that was already accounted for. Mm. Where there will be an effect on the taxpayer is any additional borrowing. Um, and that's where we are going to or have approached people like the World Bank, the IMF, um, and maybe one or two other sources for some additional funding. Interestingly, mm. we will probably yeah. get that. I haven't seen the exact details, so please don't quote me, but we will get those at very, very favorable interest rates. Yeah. Um, when I'm talking about favorable, somewhere that's between goodness. sort of one and three percent. Um, so they do make it. They, they do make it. And because, I mean, we are we, we, we belong to these institutions, we pay our subscriptions, as Tito said. So we are entitled to approach them in times of peril. Um, the, the, the challenge will be it's not only us approaching them. Hmm. So if you look at the, the IMF, yeah. for argument's sake, it's not only us that's going to be knocking on their door cap in hand. There are going to be a lot of nations. Now, when they are assisting some of the smaller nations, that doesn't tend to be that big a problem. Hmm. When, the, when, the con- when economies yeah. the size of South Africa and Turkey approach them, that then becomes, you know, it hmm. becomes a, 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 sort of substantially more material. Um, so, yeah, right. look, they're still fleshing out all those details. I mean, I do write about that in my, in my weekly newsletter about that 500 billion and where, you Which, know, where it's going to go, how it's being spent. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I think we're learning things all the time about, about this 500 billion. I did, I, I attended a, a very fascinating webinar uh, with, with one of the, a doctor, I forget his name. I think he's co-deputy chair on the Solidarity Fund. And if you see, so, so it was launched, it was launched as a mechanism to get, you know, to get funding out, particularly for things like protective clothing, uh, to alleviate hunger, food parcels, those types of things. And in as much as you've had a few wealthy South Africans put in, you know, one or two billion rand, they've got, they've got close to yeah. 10,000 mm-hmm. ordinary South Africans that are digging deep into their threadbare pockets to give money. And I just think it is such a, I just think it's such a, you know, just a, a feather in our cap as a nation to see how, how we've, how we've unified, how we've come together to help everyone out. It so, has been yeah, fantastic. I think it's been, it's been quite humbling um, to, be a, okay. to be a South African at this stage. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my old favorites, um, and Stuart, just to give you a closing uh, uh, inspiration sort of thing. One of the things I used to love was your jargon of the week. Can you take us through your, your jargon for this week? What is your jargon <laughs> of the week? I love it. Uh, wow. Um, wow. I finished writing it this morning. Even that seems like <laughs> <laughs> What was my jargon of the week? I think I spoke about, I think I spoke about a futures contract. And the right. reason I spoke about that was it tied into the it tied into the drama with the oil price last week. So if right. any of you were watching the price of the price of WTI for May delivery dropped mm. to negative thirty seven dollars a barrel. So people were saying, What does that even mean? So people are paying you to take oil off their hands and it all came well, down to yeah. these futures contracts. So what happened was people were investors or traders rather were buying these futures contracts and didn't want to take delivery of the oil. So they were trying to get out of these contracts by taking what they call the opposite position. Mm. And other guys were saying, well, I'm not going to take it off your hands. I'm not going to take it back because there's nowhere to store all this oil and there's very little demand in the system and there's so much supply that you're going to actually have to pay me to take oil off your hands. And this was being done selling and buying of futures contracts, which I've written about. 
Well, it was quite quite interesting. I was having a look. I, I do another thing for the church where I sort of do a prophecy update and tie it all in. But um, yesterday at 12.30, I was looking. So it, it uh, in, in the States, it costs about $23 to produce a barrel of oil. And at 12.30 yesterday, it was trading at $20.65. So, I mean, they can't mm. even – I mean, they're sure. producing this stuff. They can't even get their money back Jeez. for producing it. And, and, and that that is – you know, this is the situation we find ourselves in, and and the fact that no one's using their motor vehicles and and that type of stuff is just exacerbating the problem somewhat. Mm. It's crazy. It's think, insane. You know, we yeah. talk about we're talking about this. We, we a, a much uh, saying that's going around that's talking about the new normal, and they were talking about yeah. oil demand, not necessarily now, but going forward. And I was mulling over yeah. this quite a lot and thinking. The, the trips that me personally that I used to take to Durban to Cape Town, even even driving to places like Bloemfontein and Pretoria and those types of things. Mm. I mean, I've been having Zoom yeah. calls, Skype meetings, Microsoft team meetings with a lot of those people, and I must, I, I really think that a lot of those uh, sort of habits are going to endure. Um, I'm not going to be traveling as much as I did, so I think that locally and internationally, you're going to see a very much a downward trend in the consumption of oil. Mm. People are going to be using their cars less. They're going to be working from home more. This will not be transitory. I think we are embedding certain habits and certain mm. ways of working now normal. that are going to endure. Normal. Yeah, um, and I think we need to be realistic about what that means for for oil, right. um, for the tourism industry, for airlines, for for um, you know for cars, for for all those things. So yeah. we are adapting. Yeah. And we are not adapting through choice. We're adapting through necessity. It's going to be interesting Um, to see what happens to the airlines. Yes. Yeah, I think the the immediate future does look bleak. um, But let's see. Let's see how Mm. they adapt. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure what that adaptation will look like. All I know is that it's necessary. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So inspire us, Stuart, a passing, a a parting comment from you to give us all hope on the horizon. There, There shall be a new day. Um, investments will continue and all shall be well. Very soon yep. we'll be eating buri rolls with our neighbours and <laughs> yes. all our loved ones again. Um, so maybe, maybe as a, as a, maybe as a, as a final thought, I think what we need to do. Um, and I have been accused of being an eternal optimist, and I make no apologies for that. I am an eternal yep, optimist. I choose, well. I choose, yep. I choose not to. It's not necessarily that I ignore the negative. I just choose to focus my energies on the positive. Mm. And one of the things that we there is something that has happened when we entered uh, COVID nineteen. So towards the end of last year, in as much as we were in very dire economic straits, our institutions were still solid. And by institutions, I mean our judiciary. I'm talking about our reserve bank. I'm talking about the media. All of those were strong going into COVID-19. What wasn't strong was government. Mm. Cyril going into this crisis was a lot weaker and coming out of this crisis, I think he'll be a lot stronger. And I think a couple of... And I think a couple of things on that, just the ability, if you think about how unpopular that lockdown must have been, mm. um, but he still managed to do it. If you think about how unpopular some of those decisions that he's made are, yet he still managed to make yeah. them, that speaks to an expanding yeah. power base. So I think yeah. what we will do is be able to add a much stronger government to that list of strong yeah. institutions by the time we come out of this crisis. And I think regardless yeah. of your political leanings, I think Cyril at the moment is the best man for the job. And I think he's shown in as much as he's unable to put on a face mask. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, to lead from the front. Um, 
So I think I think that bodes very well for an economy that does need to be reborn, um, and we cannot waste this crisis. We have an opportunity now, and I know it's painful, but we have an opportunity now to rise from the ashes, and we, for for the first time in a long time, can actually genuinely decide our own destiny. Um, and we need and we need people to lead us, and I think he's the man for the job. That is great. That is uh, great positive outlook. Yes, hundred. I think we all all yeah. all yeah, four yeah, of us are agree agreement. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. been great, and we're going to do this again soon. We'll we'll pick. I, I I don't know if you guys want to do this on Mondays or what, but you just let me know if we want to do this weekly or bi-weekly or try yeah. whatever. Um, but I think this has been great. We'll, and, tr- we'll try anything. <laughs> well, right now, I mean, I don't think you guys. Yeah, it doesn't much matter. But I mean, but you guys are busy even even now. So let's. Uh, but we'll we'll talk later, yeah. Wazi and and Stuart. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. It's nice to hear your voice on air again. Uh, I I miss this. So let's let's try and make this incorporate this. Uh, Wazi, I know you uh, always like to leave on a on a on a blues note. But uh, yeah, I, what do you what do you got lined up for me, brother? Well, I thought I'd take it back to the seventies and got some muddy waters for you today. How about that? Oh, it can't go wrong. Can't yeah. go wrong. Thanks so got, much, man. Here's a uh, hoochie Justin coochie. Lucetti, God bless you guys. God bless you too. Hoochie thank you so man. much. Hoochie coochie man, I got that for you guys. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, and we'll chat later today. Thank you. And uh, if you missed any part thank of this, of course, we'll podcast it and we'll probably run it again on the weekend. So uh, don't go away. It's uh, sixteen to the hour. Here's muddy waters. Goodbye. Just a woman told my mother Before I was born You got a boy child coming Gonna be a son of a gun Gonna make pretty women Jump and shout Then the world wanna know the John the Conqueror. I'm gonna mess with you. I'm gonna make you guess. Leave me by my hand. Then the world will know that I'm a hoochie coochie man. But you know I'm here.
loving much I said the doctor said We're born for good luck At that you see I got $700 